The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space, located at 3636A North Mississippi Ave. We're open most days, 9 to 1. And be sure to check out our website for upcoming movie screenings and dinners with local media makers. I'm Rachel Miller Howard. On today's show, we're joined by Executive Director Renee Myers and Program Manager Cody Chambers of Forest Park Conservancy. Here's a hymn to welcome in the day Heralding a summer's early sway And all the bulbs all coming in to begin The thrushes bleeding battle with the wrens Disrupts my reverie again Pegging clothing on the line Training Jasmine how to vine up the arbor to your door and more. Standing on the landing with the war you shouldered all the night before. Once upon it, yellow bonnets, garland all along. You were waking. Day was breaking, a panoply of song. And summer comes to Springville Hill. A barony of ivy in the trees, expanding out its empire by degrees, and all the branches burst to bloom in the boom. Heaven sent this cardinal maroon to decorate our living room. Once upon it, yellow bonnets, garland all along. And you were waking, day was breaking, a panoply of song. Summer comes to Springville Hill and Years from now in this old life Isn't ambling anymore Will I bring myself to I give my best to Springville Hill. Mm-hmm. 
once upon it, a yellow bonnet, garland all on. And you were waking, and day was breaking, a panoply of song. And summer comes to Springville Hill. Summer comes to Springville. This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM. That was, of course, the Decemberist, which is a nice lead in to talking about Forest Park Conservancy. Renee Myers is the executive director. Why, why, why did you pick the uh, December song? Uh, good question. Well, Colin Malloy and Carson Ellis um, are big fans of Forest Park and have been huge supporters um, of the work that we do. And when they first moved here, they lived in the Springville neighborhood, which is right adjacent to Forest Park. And Springville neighborhood happens to be one of our most engaged neighborhoods um, in the work that we do. They have done a lot of work on their own property adjacent to Forest Park, and I think it just shows um, the community involvement that a lot of our neighbors have in the work that we do. And so this song is really about summer coming to Springville Hill adjacent to Forest Park. We are talking this morning with Renee Myers, who's executive director for Forest Park Conservancy, and Cody Chambers, who is the program manager. That's right. Thank you guys both for coming in. Thank you. Um, for having us. Absolutely. I want to talk about why why does Forest Park Conservancy exist? I mean, it seems, I think the, the first gut reaction is that uh, Portland, doesn't Portland Parks and Rec have this covered? Great question. Actually, Portland Parks and Recreation owns and manages Forest Park, but the Forest Park Conservancy is really the one sole nonprofit that works side by side in partnership with the city of Portland, Portland Parks and Recreation, to ensure that Forest Park um, is here in perpetuity, that it's protected and restored for future generations to be able to enjoy. And so, so what does that mean? Does that are, are are you watchdogging to make sure that the protections stay in place? Are you pulling invasive species out when they come? What what is the job of the conservancy? Well, I wouldn't really call us a watchdog. Um, we have a very good relationship with Portland Parks and Recreation. Just to go back a little bit, our organization actually has been around unofficially since the early 1900s. So when Forest Park became a park in 1948, it was originally from a group with a city club called the Committee of 50. And they actually worked hard in the early 1900s to establish Forest Park um, as a city park. And our organization actually came out of the original Committee of 50. And so we officially became a nonprofit in 1989, the Friends of Forest Park, and then became Forest Park Conservancy in 2008. And so we've worked with them ever since we have become a nonprofit and before that. And so we do numerous things. We remove invasive species. We work to restore the park. We also um, have other different programs. We have a trails program and we have a volunteer stewardship program. And then we also have a very large long-term 20-year initiative called the Greater Forest Park Conservation Initiative. It's quite the mouthful, I know. <laughs> but that really takes a look at a holistic approach to you know ecosystem restoration. Forest Park is not an island. Many think that Forest Park is an island, and it's actually connected to the Oregon Coast Range. And so knowing that, um, 
five years ago, we launched a conservation initiative to look at restoring the entire corridor. And so we work with numerous partners called the Forest Park Alliance, and it's a collaborative group of um, conservation groups that works to restore and protect the park, and we actually work on 15,000 acres of public and private land um, adjacent to the park. I want to get into some more of the ecology in a little bit, but can we can we talk about the history just a little bit more? Sure. Um, first of all, why, why the name change? I, I was so familiar with it as Friends Of. <laughs> uh, is, is that a change in mission? Is that a change in philosophy? What, what does the name change reflect? Yeah, well, I think as we originally started at, as an advocacy and, and trails organization, and as we know, the issues around Forest Park have gotten a little bit more complicated and a little bit more complex, and so we felt as an organization we needed to grow and mature and rise to really meet the issues that faced Forest Park. And for us, it meant how do we grow from a friends group into a conservancy and be able to hire more professional staff um, and to be able to do a higher level of work. And so at the time, that was before my time, um, my predecessor felt and our board of directors like a name change was was the, the way to go. Yeah, and, and I'm interested. I keep wanting to ask questions here about like how it's a more complex, but let's. I want to stick with the history a little bit. I'm so fascinated about Leif Erikson Drive. Yes. And so, I mean, that was an actual roadway at one point, and this mm-hmm. was a, a, an essentially a, a subdivision. Is that correct? Yeah. All of Forest Park was slated to be developed. So in the early 1900s, it was all logged, or 99% of it. Um, and then around the 20s, um, it was planned to be a residential neighborhood. That's where we get Leif Erikson Drive. Um, Springville Road is a part of that. Saltzman as well. Fortunately um, for us now, we have Forest Park because of the landslides and fires. So in a way, natural disasters help preserve this park um, and make it what it is today yeah and and i mean that's that's one of those uh what if moments in portland history you know i think that that idea of the entire hillside maybe but for landslides uh could be populated with houses Mm -hmm. as opposed to the largest uh urban park yeah and and i mean it's just it's incredible so talk to me a little bit about why was it named leif erickson drive i mean i certainly i i'm norwegian american how did that come about Yes, so actually the original name for that was Hillside Drive. And so when Willamette Heights went in, there was a couple neighborhoods that actually did get developed and established. And so it was originally called Hillside Drive. But then as time went on and people were having more and more difficulty using it, um, there was a group called the Sons of Norway who decided that they would like it called Leif Erikson. So it's because the Sons of Norway um, and their group that it is now called Leif Erikson. And that may be sort of an answer to the Germantown Road? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's the story with the gingerbread house? Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh, the Witch's Castle or the Stone House? The Stone it's, House. Okay. Yeah, that was a WPA project in the 30s. It was a rest area. Um, and then I believe the Columbus Day storms ripped the roof off, so it was no longer in use. It was 90, or 66, mm-hmm. right? Um and so now it's kind of this ominous witch's castle or the stone house, um, pretty popular with the teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> as well as um, anyone that's new to Forest Park. It's, it's quite a sight to see. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about uh, teenagers and some of the uh, <laughs> threats to Forest Park. I mean that that it's it's a massive park. It's it's uh, amazingly diverse. Uh, and just thinking more in terms not of ecology right now, but but people, mountain bikers, dog walkers, teenagers. That's a lot of interest to balance. Um, does how much does the conservancy get in and mediate? Who gets what use and, and how to balance those out? Because they're not always in concert. Yeah, great question. So ultimately, the city of Portland and Portland Parks and Recreation has the final management decision. But for the Forest Park Conservancy, we really feel that there's a balance. And our job as a nonprofit organization that supports Forest Park is to really help educate people Um urban growth and climate change are the biggest issues right now that are impacting Forest Park. And so when you think about urban growth, you're exactly right. There are more and more people using the park and more people wanting access to the park. So there needs to be an increased education and awareness of how to recreate appropriately and really how to get along. I think that there is a definite balance between um, the ecological integrity of the park, but then also giving people access to be able to enjoy the park for mental and physical benefits. I mean, we need to be able as human beings to be able to get out in nature and enjoy nature, and it's really good for us. And so our goal is to figure out what that balance is and to help really bring voices to the table to have that discussion. We feel that as time goes on and there is an increased population that we have to learn to recreate together, and um, that's our that's our goal, and that's our hope. And and how how do you bring voices to the table? Are there town hall meetings about the park? Do you go out and survey people? How how does that actually work in a, in a very boots on the ground way? Well, in terms of our ecological restoration programs, we do a lot of outreach to private landowners surrounding the park. So that kind of gives us an opportunity to not only educate about some of the invasive species potentially or how to create sort of conservation plans on their land, but it also opens up a conversation of any of the user conflicts that they're seeing or issues that they might have with how the park is being managed. Um, and then as an organization, you you know we sort of digest that and bring it to other partners and start a dialogue. Cody Chambers is the program manager for Forest Park Conservancy, and Renee Myers is the executive director. Let's take a, another quick music break. Uh, Cody, you brought in another song as well. I did. Only Flowers by uh, Talking Heads. And what's what's the, uh, I, I mean, there's there's some obvious significance uh, yep. with Forest Park. Is there anything else you want to add about that? Yeah, it actually goes, uh, it's a good segue into this song, what we were just talking about. It's a, a contrast between the urban environment and the natural world. Um, and in this song, there's a, the protagonist is kind of uh, interested in industrial progression, but then the world that this protagonist is living s- seems to naturalize. And then he realizes, as it naturalizes, that he uh, or she um, is more interested in the conveniences of sort of daily life than when it was industrialized. It's kind of skewed, but that's what I like about Forest Park in that we have both of these two things that we can balance and we can work with partners to find that that balance between the urban environment and the natural world. That was one of the greatest setups for a song. Let's let's take a <laughs> listen.
Talking Heads. This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am Phil Bussey. I'm talking with Renee Myers, who's executive director for Forest Park Conservancy and program manager Cody Chambers. I want to talk a little bit. Uh, how did you each get involved in this? Uh, Renee, we'll start with you. Have you always been an outdoor enthusiast? I have. 
So I actually grew up on a crop farm in upstate New York. So as a kid, I was always around nature and around farming. And I spent 16 years in Montana working in conservation, basically working, um, bringing private rural agricultural landowners and government agencies like the EPA and DEQ together to find common goals to do restoration work um, on private rural agricultural land. And so really a lot of collaborative conservation work. That's my passion is how do we bring different groups to the table with different missions to find common goals and objectives. That's how I found Forest Park Conservancy. I had moved to Portland and was a mom of three, took some time off to be a stay-at-home mom, and this job kind of came across my desk, and so it was the perfect opportunity, and I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world, <laughs> and I've been here six years. And I mean, that you touched on what is so uh wonderful and as well as challenging about Forest Park is that it's in an urban area. I, it, it is, there are uh, pressures on it, but there's also balances and opportunities with that. There are incredible opportunities and that's what I love about it. And I feel like that's what we've, as guess as a, as a professional, I've been able to bring to my job is that it is in an urban environment, but it's such a large natural space and it's actually connected to a lot of other working forests. So Forest Park is actually attached to a larger ecosystem. And so, yeah, there's collaborative conservation that's happening when we think about that on our rural lands, when you think about these wide open spaces and private ag land. But those same concepts and framework actually work here in an urban environment. There's just more partners and it's a little bit more complicated, but there's a lot of conservation work still to happen. And that can happen together, you know, as a collective group. And so it's been great kind of seeing all the different partners in and around Forest Park come to the table to be able to get great, amazing things done and be very successful. And Cody, how did you come in at this? You 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 attended Portland State, you were environmental uh, studies. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was that your portal in, or was was that more it of was. a catalyst? Yeah, it was. Um, so I've always been an outdoor person. Uh, love the dirt, which is very helpful for this job. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was studying at, at PSU, I started volunteering, um, looking for opportunities, but I also ran in Forest Park all the time. So I figured I would, you know, check it out, see what it's all about. Um, and the camaraderie of the volunteers immediately grabbed me. So I kept up with it, and eventually a seasonal position opened for an ecological restoration, trail maintenance sort of jack-of-all-trades, if you will. Um, and I just kept at it. And um, the community aspect is what, what kept me here, for sure. And, and now we're recording this in late January, and it, it, uh, today is the first day of Sundance Film Festival, and one of the big films that's been released there is about Forest Park. Mm -hmm. Have either of you had a chance to watch it? I have not had a chance to watch it, but have taken a hike in the park with Peter Rock, who was the original author of the book, and have had some great conversations with him about that. It's a pretty, pretty amazing story, and those things still are happening today um, in Forest Park, maybe not as public as that particular story was, but um, there are still people living in Forest Park. Right, and the, the, the gist of it is is that a, a father is raising his daughter in Forest Park. Yeah, they were unseen for years. Um, and that's the beauty of Forest Park, is it is so vast that you can actually get off the trail in Forest Park and hide and not be found. So I have to ask the follow-up question then, is have either of you seen Sasquatch? 
No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day, though. I feel yeah. like it's right around the corner. So a, a, a few more questions. Global change, how does that fit into the conversation? Is that bigger than what you're dealing with? Is that something that Forest Park Conservancy uh, talks about on a daily basis? Are there initiatives to work with uh, environmental changes that are happening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of the ecological restoration that we are doing, like invasive species management, is counteracting that sort of global change in either temperature, but also sort of the, the landscape of Forest Park. Um, there's a threat to the biodiversity because of invasive species. That also decreases habitat. So we're talking about the plants and insects and animals that live within Forest Park. So it really kind of changes the whole ecosystem. And when we go in and remove invasive species and replant native plants, we're creating a buffer, essentially, to try and slow that, uh, that change. Part and parcel of global change has obviously been the increase of forest fires. And we've seen that increasingly, obviously, last summer mm -hmm. uh, in the Columbia Gorge. How much of a concern is that for Forest Park? I think it's a definite threat. You know, as Cody had mentioned, one of the things that we do is try to make our forests more resilient. And by making them more resilient, um, there is a less chance that we will have wildfires, or if there is, they will be put out a lot more easily because you are removing the ground and the latter fuels. But Portland Parks and Recreation and the fire bureaus have been doing a very good job of creating a plan for Forest Park and educating and working with the private landowners adjacent to Forest Park um, to help restore and remove fuels from their land as well. So kind of a comprehensive approach to ensuring that a catastrophic fire in Forest Park does not happen. And, and, and because this is the nonprofit happy hour, we do talk about some of the just the uh, mechanisms of, of a nonprofit. You guys are not doing this alone. You guys have a lot of volunteers. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. We do. We have an incredible volunteer base. We have over 1,500 volunteers that come out each year. We have at least one to three volunteer uh, work parties every week. So we have a very engaged community in the work that we do. And we also have an incredible donor base. The one beautiful thing about having individual donors, corporate foundations, is that it's also a way to get their employees and you know, the people that work for them involved. And so for us, we've had incredible support, um, not just financially, but also with folks from these different companies and individuals coming out to volunteer for us. So it's really helped to build our community and more people being engaged and aware of the work that we do and supporting us. And um, we kind of call it our Forest Park family because we have a very large group of volunteers that come back week after week, actually. It's pretty amazing. Final two questions for each of you, though we'll do this more as a lightning round, but um, favorite hike and favorite species that is in Forest Park? My favorite hike starts at Springville, go down Trillium, and then all the way back to Springville on Wildwood. Okay. Um, there are some Pacific Madrones in there because it's a sunnier part um, of Forest Park. It's south facing. So species that you don't see too often uh, all exist in that loop. Um, also, you get some sunshine, which is always nice. <laughs> and Renee? I guess in Forest Park, Trillium. I really like Trilliums. Um, and I guess I call it the, the Maple Loop, and the Maple Bridge is now up, <laughs> and it's constructed and in use, and so 
that's one of my favorites and I actually love just seeing after a long time that the Maple Trail Bridge is actually reconstructed and it's one of folks favorite trails and so it makes me happy seeing a brand new beautiful bridge there. Renee Myers is the executive director for Forest Park Conservancy and Cody Chambers is the program manager. Thank you both for coming in and thanks for all the work of keeping Forest Park uh, safe and and uh, vibrant. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Special thanks to Laughing Planet for supplying food for our last dinner with a local filmmaker and to Winderly a Vineyard and Winery and Stormbreaker Brewing for the delicious libations. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.